0: And 2012, I believe, was a fantastic year. It was. Now, stuff happened in 2012. Stuff happened in the world. Stuff happened nationally, internationally, locally. You could look at all the the tragedies, and there was no shortage of tragedies this year. You could look at all of the, the, the gloomy reports, and there was no, was no and is no shortage of gloomy reports in the news. You could look at the economics, you could look at the, at the uh, you know, wars and rumors of wars and the famines and all the stuff that everybody's talking about, and you go, wait a second, t- you know, 2012 was scary. But in the kingdom of God, 2012 was amazing. Lives were touched. People's very existences were changed. Because of you, because of the, this group of people, this church gathering together and, and, and focusing our uh, abilities and our, our time and our resources and, and, and focusing on the, what God's plan is for us to help fulfill, lives were changed. Lives locally, lives in this area, but, but also lives around the world. 2012 was amazing. There are people saved today no longer going to hell because of what you have done this last year. There are people who have been healed. A church started. Another church started because of you. Because of of what God has done through you. And so looking at 2012, we can look at it and say, that was a pretty awesome year. And we can look at 2013 and it's going to be even better. I agree with what the Lord said through Tom. 2013, we actually can look forward to. It. Now, does that mean that the, uh, the, the reports of financial doom and gloom are going to stop? Nah, probably not. They're probably going to get worse. It's probably going to, going to be an even more bleak picture. The Bible actually says that uh, darkness will cover the earth, even gross darkness. That's a cheery, happy (laughs) verse to be quoting over the next year. But remember when the children of Israel were in Egypt and, and the plagues were coming on Egypt and all the stuff was happening, those that were in Goshen, those that were under the anointing of God, flourished. They flourished. I've seen that this year. We've seen flourishing going on and we're going to see it even more. But here's the deal. We can believe that I can say that and I can say it from a from a position of faith and I can I can say it from a, posi- a position of believing it, but you have the opportunity now to believe it or not. You can hear me say it, but I can tell you what's going on inside your mind. Oh, sure. You haven't lived it from my perspective. You haven't haven't had to deal with it from my family, from my neighborhood, from my house, from my workplace. You're right, I haven't. But you also haven't had to work from it from my side. There's no shortage of trouble in this world. And it doesn't matter who you are. There's no shortage of opportunity to despair. But the truth is, God has a plan for your life. And that plan, according to the word of God, is to bless you and not to harm you. It is a plan to give you increase and not to cause you to diminish. His plan is a plan of blessing. And what God has done in the past, he'll do in the future. What he has done in the midst, I mean, you look at the church in China, the church in China is probably, I mean, you can argue, I suppose, anywhere you could, you could argue with the church in Iran or the church in, in Iraq or whatever. But for the church in China, they're under constant persecution. And the kingdom of God in China is increasing daily. It's increasing. People are, are running to God. I have a friend who's a missionary in China. And he says he's there as a, as a businessman. He, he runs a, a, a company. He started a company and they gave him a visa to go in as a company owner, as, as, a, as a technology uh, provider. And his main, main purpose and goal in life is not to sell technology, it's to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he said the door is wide open. He said there is very little to hinder what they're doing on a day-to-day basis. If they're wise, if they're honorable to those that are around them, if they don't cause waves of trouble, I mean, if they're not out there you know, stirring up trouble, they can preach the gospel anytime they want. They're having regular Bible studies openly in their home. The gospel is moving forward, contrary to what people want you to think. And what God has done in the past, he'll do in the future. He is not limited to what's happening right here and right now. So, in honor of the end of the new year and looking forward to the new, let's read in Revelation today. <coughs> Woohoo! I, I'm actually spending more and more time in Revelation yeah, and there's all the scary stuff, the famines, the death, the pouring out of pestilences. It's all out there. <laughs> but do you know that in the, in the midst of all that, there's some good stuff too? Turn to Revelation chapter 12. Revelation chapter 12, beginning with verse 7. says, Then war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon his, and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough. Oh, we could stop right there. That right there is enough to preach on all year long. Satan broke out war, I mean open war against God in heaven and he wasn't strong enough. He was not able to defeat God face to face. What makes you think he can defeat God and you from behind his back? Satan is a loser. He's a loser. He loses. Now you might be thinking, wait a second, you shouldn't be saying things like that. We don't want to stir him up and get, get him angry at us. It doesn't matter, he loses. He's a loser. He doesn't get to win. Whatever he says, whatever he does, whatever he tries to do, he is a liar. So if his lips are moving, he's lying. I'm sure at some point during that battle, he yelled out, I'm going to defeat you, God. And he lost. He's a liar. He doesn't have any power. He doesn't have the ability to defeat the plans and the purposes of God. He doesn't. He just plain doesn't. The sooner we grab a hold of that, and quit fearing, well, we don't want him to get mad at us. Maybe he'll just quit igno- maybe he'll just ignore us this year. I don't want Satan to ignore me this year. I want Satan to turn tail and run from me this year. And the reason he's going to turn tail and run is not because you know of anything that I can do, it's because it says if I resist him, he will flee. So I'm purposing one of my New Year's resolutions. It's to resist the devil this year. Guess what, devil? Just letting you know, we're going to be resisting you this year. We're going to be resisting your lies. We're going to be resisting your attacks. We're going to be resisting whatever you try to throw at us, because you will not win. Public notice. On television. Just so you know, devil, if you're watching this from somewhere in the St. Croix Valley, you're going to lose this year, just like always. You're gonna get excited by the end of this. You really are. If that wasn't good enough, he was not strong enough, verse eight, and they lost their place in heaven. <laughs> ah. Verse 9: the great dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Messiah. Satan has already been defeated. Satan has already been defeated. Say that with me. Satan has already been defeated. Now, some of you were like, ooh, I don't know if I want to say that. I mean, if I say that, isn't that kind of... Yes, it's wonderful. Let's say it again. Satan has already been defeated. Now, we're going to say it one more time, and and we're going to add in one part. Satan has already been defeated in my life. Let's say it again. Satan has already been defeated in my life. So what are we doing here now? All we're doing is walking the rest of it out. He is going to try to stop you. He's going to try to kill you. He's going to try to destroy you. He's going to try to tear you apart, tear your family from him. He's going to try to do all kinds of things. And when he tries to do it, the answer is not, "Oh gosh, what are we going to do?" It's going to be, "Satan, you are already defeated. Get out of my way. I resist you." I don't have to fight I don't have to argue. I don't have to debate. Because he's a very good debater. He'll try to convince you that he still has power. But the only way he has power is if you let him talk. Stop talking, Satan. I'm not listening to you anymore. Stop talking. I resist you. Get away from me. You say I can't do this, then I'm going to do it. You say I won't have that, then I'm going to walk it out, and I'm going to have it. I'm going to resist that temptation to give in to his lies. That's all that Adam and Eve did. They, re, they, they didn't resist him. All they would have had to say was, no, you're a talking serpent, no. <laughs> I'm not listening to you. I heard it from God. God said, this is who I am. That's all they had to do. They didn't have to argue with him, debate with him. All they had to say is, no. You're a lying thief. Get out of my get out of my way. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. Then I heard a voice, a loud voice in heaven say, Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Messiah the God that we serve, the kingdom, that's that's our focus this next year, the kingdom that we live in, the kingdom that we exist in, it it has power. Power. I mean like power. He's the one who won. His power is ours. When Jesus died on the cross and he, He gave us His authority, His power, His anointing, who has it now? We have it. It's our authority. It's our power. Not to be selfish with it, but to bless others. To set captives free. To let let loose those who have been bound up by the devil. Freedom. Freedom. You're free. Even as I say that, people are going, "Oh, wait a second, maybe I am free. You're free. You don't have to live under bondage anymore. You don't have to live in fear anymore. You don't have to live dreading tomorrow anymore because God's plan for your life is to bless you. Even as I say those words, they have power. And if you start saying those words over your own life, it has power. It's the words of your mouth. It's the power of God. Believing what God has done and then speaking it with boldness. Speaking it with conviction. Now have come the salvation and the power in the kingdom of our God and the authority of His Messiah. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. The accuser of the brethren. Satan is the accuser of the brethren. How does he accuse us? He says, you're going to die. You're going to die. You're going you're to lose everything. Your business this year is going to fail. See, I, 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 you know, I debate whether I even say things like that right now, because those words have power too. Those words have power. So the words you say, the words you choose, have Power. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters who accuses them before God day and night has been hurled down. Verse 11, this is the one you need to circle, underline, star, highlight with every color you have in your repertoire. They triumphed over him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Therefore rejoice, you heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has gone down to you. He is filled with fury, because he knows that his time is short. Our testimony is powerful. The things that God has done for you in the past, He'll still do today. And that, that thing, that word, that testimony has power, has the anointing on it. When you share that testimony, that same anointing becomes available to the one who hears that testimony. Romans 10, 17 says, Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. Christ is the anointed one and his anointing. Christ, that word Christ. Somebody asked me recently, what does Christ mean? I said, well, it's not Jesus' last name. Christ means that he is the anointed one he is the Messiah he is the anointed one and it speaks of his anointing there is a tangible real anointing on the testimony of Jesus Christ when you share a testimony when you speak of what God has done in your life there is power that goes with that testimony when we speak, how did, we, how did they overcome the devil? By the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Telling people, saying, this is what God has done for me. Sometimes we share it with somebody else. We share it with somebody that's, that, that needs to hear it. You know, God did this for me. And it encourages them, it builds them up. That anointing rests on them and it helps them to get through the situation. But there's also times when you speak it to yourself. And that anointing works also. If I'm ever dealing with something, I'm struggling with something, the Bible says, why so downcast, O oh my soul? Put your hope in God. And, and David, it says, he encouraged himself. Self, get, your get it together here. Quit falling apart. You're not going to die. You're going to live and declare the glory of God. God has saved me this time, and he saved me this time, and he saved me. You know, when David was asked, or when he said he's going to go against the giant, the king says, well, what makes you think you can do it? He says, because I slayed the the bear, and I slayed the lion. God will give me that uncircumcised Philistine. He was giving testimony. God did this already, and he did that already. He's going to do this too. Testimony. When we give a testimony, there's anointing and power on that testimony. Upon hearing the word, the message, the testimony, faith comes. A testimony of God's faithfulness, power, glory, love, mercy, justice, provision, healing, protection, and so on, produces the faith for the hearer to experience that same anointing. A testimony of fear can also do the same thing. If you, if you doubt my words, just watch television sometime and when one of those uh, medical commercials come on talking about such and such of pill that they're trying to sell you and they start giving you all the symptoms and you start going, <laughs> I think I have restless ear syndrome or whatever the <laughs> whatever the latest sickness is. You start hearing those, I see those things come on mute. I don't listen to them. Why? Because it starts I start uh, I don't feel good. We were watching a show the other night. I won't tell you which one. It was no, it wasn't Duck Dynasty. I should have been watching Duck I should have been watching Duck Dynasty. I should have been. No, we were watching we were watching Downton Abbey. Oh. Yeah. I like Downton Abbey. You know, I just want to let you know. My wife and I have date nights. We sit and watch Downton don't look at me in that tone of voice guys we love it too. exactly it's a good show but if you've seen it, there's a part in there where, where a bunch of people get the influenza and they start getting sick and they start describing the symptoms and I'm sitting there going oh I think I got influenza <laughs> I had to resist that thing no I do that was 1919 it's a TV show why why because that word was getting into my you know and I'm starting to meditate on that. Oh, I kind of feel like that, you know? Ah yes. What enters your ears and eyes affects the way you think. The way you think affects the way you believe. The way you believe affects the way you act and or receive. And the way you act and or receive affects, the way you live. Leave that slide, oh, they don't have a slide. What? We lost it. move ahead. You lost, you lost it, here we go, moving forward. Those four lines, keep moving. Go forward, forward, click it. There, another one, and another one, and another one. Leave that one up. This morning, I want four testimonies, real quick. They're three-minute testimonies. I'm not talking about your whole life story. I'm talking about, I want four testimonies. Jane is number one. Come on up. One, two more. I want two guys. I have two ladies. I want two guys. And it does not have to be people who have ever done it before. I want people who have never done it before or have only done it once or twice. And your heart right now is beating. You're going, he's talking about me. Yeah. Jason was one of them. Yes. And there's one more. There's another one. There's another one. Good. Brian, come on up. Great. Come on up front here. Come on up here. Stand right up here, we're going to do this quick, because we're not going to run real late today. Here's the deal. These are three-minute testimonies. Three-minute testimonies, which means that for three minutes you're going to talk about what God has done. I'm going to give you 30 seconds to talk about what is the problem. And then we're going to spend two and a half minutes talking about what God has done. It doesn't take an hour. You don't have to write out a sermon to give a testimony. People are afraid. I don't want to give a testimony. That means I have to talk in front of somebody. Yes, it's exactly what it means. But it's okay. It can just, this is what God has done for me in my life. And you might think, well, it's not all that powerful. I mean, it's really not a big thing. It's not. It is to you. God did it for you. And I guarantee you, when, he, when you share what He's done for you, it's going to touch somebody else right here. I guarantee it. You watch what happens here in the next few minutes. Brian whatever guys that put on you, whatever, <laughs> ready in season, oh, in season and out of season. Yeah, go ahead and turn that baby on. And then I want all four people to stay up here. We're going to do something else after that.
1: The, the testimony that I guess God has put on my heart is, is actually an, an old one. Um, our youngest boy Isaac was born premature he was born 25 weeks so 15 weeks premature and in the hospital um, we were being told a number of times the likelihood of him dying not so much the likelihood of him surviving so the likelihood of him dying and especially the the first day and the first week a number of times we had to come against doubt of his survival that he was going to he wasn't going to be with us he was he was going to die and it, and it says in Romans 4 that God calls those things which do not exist as though they did so frequently we had to Say, he will live and not die and proclaim the works of the Lord. He will live. He will not die. I don't care, I don't care what his brain scan looks like. I don't care what the, um, the probabilities are of his survival at this stage of his life. He will live and not die. Um, and obviously, he's sitting with his mother, so he did live. Um, and even the, the, uh, one of the doctors that was with us this whole journey, near the very end, um, he, when he was, when he was born, the trauma of the birth caused a brain bleed, so he had, um, and they were, they were telling us, you know, he's gonna, he's not gonna mentally be normal, he's gonna have, he's gonna have problems when he gets older, um and that was another one of the things that we spoke against and of course we consider him not to be normal now anyway but anyway <laughs> but mentally he's got all his all his faculties and they took brain scans normally throughout his progression and one of the last ones the the doctor even brought to me and said you can you can see a dark spot you can see a dark spot you can see a dark spot you can see a dark spot, you can see a dark spot no dark spot. She said, it's a miracle. So, God is faithful.
2: I thought I thought I was going to bat um, cleanup crew here, but I guess I'm not. So, mine's really cool because the one that immediately comes to me is something that just happened a couple weeks ago. And it was a divine appointment. I've been really um, blessed lately by praying in the morning for divine appointments and receiving some beautiful ones and just seeing God's perfect timing and provision for me and for others through my prayer for that. And um, just recently I ran into a man that I only see once a year because it's a holiday thing that I do with an organization. And um, I could tell he was hurting. And I had an opportunity to, to talk with him. And I promised I would not share any of the things that we spoke about. But something that became very clear to me during our conversation was that we as a church body need to share what when we see God working, when we feel him, when we know. We all have, I'm assuming, um, we've all had maybe three or four really big experiences with the Holy Spirit just being so clearly working in our lives. We can all think back to certain points of faith. Um, and he, um, as I was speaking with this man and listening with him, I realized we need to do this. We need to start sharing our testimonies. And not just the bigwigs in the church, But those of us who know we have a pretty crummy background and who have a faith life like mine, and I'm sure there are at least a few out there who have the faith life that goes just like Israel, just like every story in the Old Testament where we have highs and lows in our faith. But I'm learning the power of my journaling and writing down very specific details about when I, um, I feel his presence and I know for sure he's real and um, my sharing those experiences with others I know is very edifying, but I think I've always been hesitant to do it because I've had those really high mountaintop experiences, but then I've still been at points after that of having really not a very strong faith. And I think the beauty of community is that we need to share with each other, and that's just awesome because that's just what we're doing. So praise God. Amen. Justin.
3: Thank you. I actually was sitting up here thinking, I'll just stand back here just so that I can hide. Um, I was thinking, gosh, there's a lot of things and a lot of aspects of my life that I could give a testimony on, whether it's financial or family or work. Um, and, uh, you know, similar to, to Brian's, I, I think back about when we first got married um, and how, you know, Renee and I were, um, coming to church. And actually, we st- when we when we got married, we got ma- married back in 99, and then uh, we, we were going around to, to different churches looking for a church body, and we started coming here about beginning of 2000, because we moved so much further away from our church, we needed to find a new church home, and we started coming here. We were invited by some friends who, who no longer attend, but, um... Uh, Renee was pregnant at the same time that uh, Cerise was with Isaac and uh, Unfortunately, we lost we lost our first child. We lost our first two children and uh, I won't go into the details, but um, I still remember some of the times in the hospital uh, when we were going through that and God had sent um, People into our lives uh, whether it was nurses saying oh, honey Honey, I lost my first child, and and um, and we're gonna and, and now I've got three beautiful children. Or, um, you know, God, God telling Renee that that uh, she was going to have a son and to name him Sam, and we hadn't had a single child yet. So. Um. Thankfully, we did have a son after three girls, and we did name him Sam. And, uh, and so it's just, but you look back, you look back at what God has done, and you look back at what, um, I don't think we nearly do that often enough. You look back and see what God has done in our lives. See where he's brought us and where we are now, and it's, it's amazing. It really is.
4: might take four minutes
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs> we have four children adult children and when our our first family was younger John would always say as for me in my house we will serve the Lord Caleb the Old Testament speak that over them we raise them to know the Lord and anyway they're all adults now And a year and a half ago our firstborn our oldest there was a rift and he told us he didn't want to see us again. He walked away from his whole family, his brothers and sister, everyone. He said, "Don't proselytize my children." He cursed God. Said he believed in him, but he blasphemed and he told us to leave him alone and we did. But we were on our knees immediately praying for him. And it was it was the most hurt I've ever been. It's breaking that family unit that bonded. And we didn't hear anything, but we implored heaven and tried to understand, and we just held no grudge, no bitterness, but uh, we know the, the work of the evil one, we're not ignorant of his ways, we saw his hand in this. But we also know that no one can come to the Lord unless the Father draws him, and we know that God is faithful and we know that God is near to the brokenhearted, and we know that God is strong when we are weak. And we prayed, and we prayed, and we prayed, and we prayed. And we didn't, we, we kept that boundary. No one heard from him. And uh, last fall, I, I I mean, I felt it was time to make a contact, and I sent a note inside a book so we wouldn't throw the note away when he saw my name in the mail. And he. Heard nothing, but we continued to pray and we continued to list others, my dear friend Mary <laughs> and several others, to really beseech God and came through the study of the book of the Daniel Book of Daniel. There's so many things in there that, that you know, not only is this going to have a good outcome, because the devil knows exactly how to hurt you. He knows to come after me and say you weren't a good mother. It's your fault. I said, no, we're not ignorant of your devices. We know how you work. You're a liar. But God is faithful. And on Christmas Eve, our son came home and asked our forgiveness. (laughs) Hallelujah. Don't quit praying for him. It's a process that will be completed, that will see glory. Because the Lord had been telling me, Not only will he come back, he's going to lead his brothers and sisters and many others closer to you. That what the devil meant for harm shall be turned for good. And in my unbelief, two days before Christmas, in prayer, the Lord told me, he's coming back on Christmas. But You know, I disregarded that. (laughs) But this isn't finished. And there's hope. There's always hope. Because... We have not raised any children for hell. We've raised them for the glory of God. And say over your children, as for me and mine, we will serve the Lord. And I don't care if they are 44 years old. God is abundant in his grace and in his mercy. And his love is overwhelming. So continue, like he said. My favorite verse. God gives grace to the humble and opposes the proud. Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw closer to God, and he will draw closer to you. You can be as close to God as you want to be. As close as you want to be. Draw as close as you want to be. You can be as close as you want to be be to God. You can be as close as you want to be to God. Hallelujah. Yes. Then it says, Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double minded. Weep worn and male. <laughs> I'm going to get. <laughs> I have need the book. But, you know, that's when it really came to me to have my prayers answered. When God shows you sin in your life, repent. Get it out of your life. When God shows it to you, get it out of your life repent. Humble yourself before God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw closer to God and he will draw closer to you and he'll be as close as you want him to be and let him be. Hallelujah. This isn't finished yet and we're still praying. Yes. And I ask you for your prayers too. Amen. Because he will serve the Lord. Because of the abundant grace and the wonder of our Father. Hallelujah.
0: Amen. Amen. Oh. Here's, don't leave yet, you're not done yet see now what happened now, as they shared their testimonies the power of God went forth and many of you were touched by that, many of you were like wow that, I need that in my life, I need that specific thing in my life I need that faith for healing, for myself or for somebody else I need that, that boldness to share my faith to share the testimony of what God has done I need, I need that provision of God. I need those to be that, that person who speaks into somebody else's life and says, says, you will have a child. Some people are believing for a medical uh, breakthrough that the doctor said, well, it's not possible, and all the evidence shows that it's not possible. But you need that. And also, some, many of us have family members who aren't walking with God right now. Here's what we're going to do this morning. You've heard the word. The word has gone forth, the, the anointing has gone forth. And the way we're going to close out the service today is I want John, can you come up and pray with Jane? And can you come up and pray with your husband? And can you come up and pray with your husband? Can you come up and pray with your mom? If that if this if something that they shared just touched you, it's it it, it, it it, it's dealing with the situation you're in right now. I want you to come up, and they're going to agree with you in prayer. Uh, they're not going to pray for you. It's going to be that you've already heard their testimony. Now it's going to be your testimony. This is what God's going to do in my life. Here's what I'm believing for, and they're going to agree with you. So get, make a little room. So you guys stay right where you're at, and if they'll slide down, and they slide down, Jamie's just going to pray. We're going to close out the service. We'll see you next week. But if you want prayer from one of these folks, or to not prayer from him, but to, for them to agree with you as you declare what God's going to do in your life, then I want to encourage you to come forward. Hallelujah. God will do it. And we need to be sharing. It's those testimonies that, that as we share them, they have power. We're going to be talking about this more because this is the heart of God. This is what God's been prompting me on and others for a while now we're going to do this maybe not all the time but we'll do it on a regular basis giving testimony of what God has done in your life because it has power please stand have a great week I'd be remiss if I didn't say go Vikings and go go pack go both sides Have a great week. You can come forward for prayers you want. God bless. Have a wonderful week. Fellowship with each other. We'll see you next week. God bless.